Happy Thursday. I am so excited to share today's episode with you. If you are someone who struggles to carve out a little bit of time for yourself, then this episode is for you. If you are a mom and you struggle with mom guilt, join the club. This episode is going to address some of that. I'm so excited to share with you today's guest, Tassos Cotillez. He is the creator of Heart Coaching Methodology, and he's going to share his journey from the corporate world to becoming a family-focused coach. He offers practical tips on task prioritization, setting healthy boundaries, and the transformative power of delegation. It is so important for you all to know that this podcast is meant to help you live expansive, wonderful, healthy lives. It's important to me that you have different people, different opportunities available to you to help you get to a place where you can succeed both in your career and in your personal life. And this episode is chock full of all sorts of wisdom and actionable advice. And so I'm so excited to share it with you all. Let's do this. Do you want to feel less scattered and more focused, but the idea of goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life? If so, welcome to the Plan Goal Plan Podcast. I'm Danielle McGee. I'm a professor, mom, planner addict, and recovering overachiever. After years of hustle and grind, I was tired of trying harder. I was ready to try easier. At the intersection of research, practice, and play, I found a purposeful path to planning and goal setting that is fun, simple, and sustainable. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I will equip you with tools and practices to clarify purpose, reclaim time, and achieve goals playfully and lightly. Let's get started. I'm so excited for today's guest. I have with me Tassos Cotillez, and he is the creator of Heart Coaching Methodology. He helps women executives, business owners, people who are struggling to succeed in a male-dominated environment, that are feeling stressed, that are feeling overwhelmed, that are trying to balance the demands of their careers with their responsibilities in their personal and family life. And so I know that that is what so many of you are struggling with. So Tassos, you are in the right place. So many of my listeners are looking to be bold at work while still having fun at home. So I want you to tell us your story because I know it's a really interesting one. So tell me your story. Tell me about how did you end up working with women on work-life balance issues? Thank you, Daniela. I appreciate uh, your welcome uh, here and I'm happy and excited to be here you know, with you and Let's try to uh, give some uh, value and have some impact during this podcast episode to your listeners and to our audience. So um, thank you for asking for my personal journey. So as, uh, as you may know already, you know, I've been for over 25 years in a corporate environment, you know, going through all these uh, challenging situations with all these different kind of bosses and competition, let's say, between male and female, you know, and these selfish situation sometimes that we all face when we're in a corporate environment and when there's really really challenging for everyone any way to perform so much of course to succeed and then at the same time keep the balance with the family so as you know i'm also a father father of two right and i'm married now happily married for over like 16 17 years now I went and I'm still going through all this phase of having to balance, first of all, my own life, my own personal life with my family, my kids and raising my kids and be there for me when they need me, be present. But at the same time, I have to keep and set my boundaries and I have to keep 
really uh, take care of myself and I really have to do things for my personal growth and my professional growth. So I know what you're coming from and I know what your audience is going through because in the end, everyone, every uh, executive and every um, corporate executive, especially, or a business owner goes through this phase for some time during our lives or for a shorter or longer period. So in terms of my personal journey, having moved from Greece to Qatar 10 years ago, when I really left a, a highly paid senior executive position in a pharmaceutical corporation back in Greece, and I came to Qatar, while my wife had immediately, from the first day we, we stepped our foot here in Doha in Qatar, had a job and she had to work 10, 12, 14 hours a day, Wow. immediately I had to stay back I had to stay back with my son I stayed back for around six months you know I did all the house chores all that until we find an, a, a lady like a housemaid or a nanny for my son my son was back then four year old so I went my personally through this almost six months of staying back as the father at home Mm-hmm. Taking care of all things, and it has to do with the with the home, the house, with the ch- with the school, with the social activities of the child, of our son, etc. Of course, then later we had our daughter coming coming uh, a few years after, you know, in our life. But that's another story because it was a little bit more relaxed back then. <laughs> yeah, so, the second um, child is always a little bit easier, aren't they? Always the second child. Also, always for, also, although for us still is a, still it was challenging because Maya, our daughter, my son is Socrates, you know, and the ancient Greek philosopher. Maya, my daughter, is uh, adopted. We have adopted Maya from Ethiopia. Right. So we went all through through these psychological, you know, and emotional challenges, you know. Oh, yeah. to, uh, to get to her, to uh, to meet her, you know, and finalize all the bureaucracy and the documents and everything before she joined us here. But it's an amazing experience. But we can have this discussion really in another in another podcast. So yes, so coming coming here to Qatar, having lived personally this need to stay back as a father at home, I realized that when I needed to go back to business, I needed to have some income, create something for myself. I needed to really feel. To really feel and understand who I was, first of all, and what I want to do and what I want to achieve, secondly. And this is what led me to the coaching world, to the coaching space, because I saw that having lived this and having all these experiences, I can really serve the other people that go through these challenges and go through this stress and this, this overwhelm personally and professionally. And I could share with them my experiences and I could coach them and I could help them find their own insights and their own truth on, on the, in, a, in connection with their own self, with a true self, so that they can really be successful and happy in what they want. So this is what brought me really to this space, the coaching space, and I'm happy to explore more with you. Yeah, I really love that you had that experience of being a father that stayed home with your kiddos. I know that statistically, we're seeing that more and more. And statistically, fathers are also spending a lot more time engaging in parenting work. When we think about like work-life balance, I do think that there are some really unique challenges that women in the workplace have, particularly working moms in the workplace. But then I think that I do think that more and more dads are also trying to figure out work-life balance because we've sort of realized that these gender norms are limiting us all, that men want to have these experience of closeness and relationships with their kids as well. 
So I know that you've really been working with mostly women though, and and a lot with moms. So how can moms effectively differentiate between what's truly important? So you kind of talk about your own path of like, okay, what is important to me? And, you know, what does matter to me? Um, And then how do they, you know, differentiate that between the things that are maybe unnecessarily consuming their time? And do you have any advice on how to help people prioritize? Yes, yes, you're right. And that's a great question because this is really where we need to start. This is where we really need to start these self-reflections because we need to sit down and we really need to identify which tasks of our daily routine on a daily basis, which tasks are urgent and which are important because there's a huge difference there. And sometimes we miss this difference. So I would advise moms to sit down for one hour, half an hour and say, okay, today in my routine, I have to do X, Y, Z things, whatever these are, those are X, Y, tasks, social activities, uh, birthday parties, whatever it could be going to supermarket or whatever it is. Which one of these are urgent and which of these are important? So how can you do that? You know, there are a couple of methods. There is one method to because you asked me for a, for a really practical solution, a practical advice, there are a couple of measures. One of them is called Eisenhower Matrix, and the other is called ABC, which is very easy. So let me uh, discuss very quickly the ABC method. The ABC method is that you split, you categorize the tasks in three ABC uh, levels, in three uh, qualities, let's say. So you have the A, which are urgent and important, and which means high priority. That means that you need to devote some time on that in order to to really resolve them or focus or create or grow, whatever this uh, means to every mom. Then you have the B tasks, which may be important or they are important, but they are not as urgent like the A what, A tasks. So what do you do there? Because these usually are the more long-term, long-term uh, important tasks. For example, I want to buy a house or I need my kids to go to a nice school, or I want I want my husband and I to plan for a trip. So it's a long term, it's not urgent, but still we need to devote some time on this. And so we need to categorize and see how, how much time we invest on those. And then, this, then there's the, the C-level tasks, which really could be important, but not urgent. Sorry, could be urgent, but not important, or could be neither urgent, neither important. So the question is, what do we do with this? How much time do we how much time do we really need to invest? Because sometimes if we do this exercise, we realize we realize that it doesn't worth it, not even a minute. So we just need to eliminate. There's another method that has to do with time management, that there are basically basically three words which I use in my life as well, and I really am an ambassador of those. Delegate, automate, which mm-hmm. means Yes, so which means how I delegate, which we can discuss this if you want later. How do I automate things around me, my life around me, then the tasks at, at work, at home, etc. And the third one is eliminate. So what I can get rid of. If you follow these principles, either the ABC method or the second one, the delegate, automate, eliminate method, then you will see that on a daily basis and then on a weekly basis and then on a monthly basis, you really, you really can focus on what is important. I think that that's wonderful. We can think that we know what is urgent or what is important. <laughs> and it is while when you take <laughs> the time to really reflect on things, you start to realize, oh, I've been treating some things as urgent that really aren't. I have been anxious about urgent things that aren't really urgent. 
these deadlines that I've given myself are actually arbitrary. And the same with importance is that there's things that we treat as important that really aren't. And so taking that time to reflect, I think is so important. And oh my goodness, do I love it when I can do a really good elimination round. Exactly. <laughs> when I when yeah. I can find a slew of things that I'm saying no to, it's amazing. Uh, yes. And one of the reasons that that's so amazing is because I do think that it can help us carve out some time to do that reflection that we really need to do. And then also to pursue our passion. So do you have other ways that maybe moms can carve out some dedicated time to like focus on their passions, their aspirations, while at the same time maintaining their family's well-being? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And this is also very important in our lives because now number one for me, practice here, and number one method for me is to create a routine. Because by creating a routine for ourselves and for our family, then everyone knows what are the tasks that we need to perform and what we need to, to do and how we can be efficient. Because, you know, on a personal basis, I have two, two very important principles as a values, I could say, right? Very high in my hierarchy of, in my, of my values. I have time and energy. So how do we save time and energy efficiently that we can invest in other activities that can grow us more, that can give us more satisfaction, give us more happiness and more success. So it's in the same cause under the same concept, how we eliminate things, how we get rid of things in order to invest our time and our energy where it's really, really efficient and really effective. And of course, communication here is very important, uh, Danielle, because we need to communicate this with the family members. Depends if the kids, of course, they are younger ones, they're older ones, teenagers maybe, but to at least with our with our partner, husband or wife, we really need to sit down and communicate. And this is an exercise that we need to do jointly. It's not a selfish exercise only. I do this exercise only by myself. I need to communicate properly with my wife and vice versa. A mom needs to communicate this with a husband, share responsibilities, make this routine jointly, split the, the jobs, the chores, whatever it is during the day so that everyone can clean the space, the time, and invest their energy accordingly to what is really truly important for them and what makes them happy in the end. Because it's about happiness in the end, isn't it? Yeah, I love that. I, you know, I think it's so important to recognize the way that we are interconnected, particularly as a family, and to sort of say that we are invested in each other's well-being. And that means we're going to create some routines that serve each other's well-being as well as our own. And I, I love this conversation about like time and energy, because one thing that I really notice working with folks myself is that, especially if you've been on the hamster wheel, if you've been, you know, victim to the cult of busy, right? That when you're yes. trying to create space, it's hard to remind yourself that there are some activities that you want to do because they actually give you energy. So saying yes to the things that are giving you energy, that are life-giving and are fulfilling is okay. It's that we it's, want to say no to the things that are draining our energy and taking our time. So I really appreciate that. And I, I know that one thing that moms really struggle with is feeling guilty when mm -hmm. you take time to do some things for yourself or when you can't fulfill everyone's expectations how do you have any advice for like how do you establish some healthy boundaries without succumbing to guilt 
Yeah, guilt is very big. You're right, you're 100% right. Guilt is very big for moms, especially for moms. All of a sudden, moms feel responsible, 100% responsible about the, the growth and the social and the mental and emotional health of the, of their, of the, of the children, which is, which is 100% acceptable, acceptable, of course. And But, as you said, if they don't prioritize their own self-care and if they don't have this energy to really invest back then how how their kids will be will be feeling that they are mentally and emotionally well and happy because we need to understand this here and i will go i'll go back then to healthy boundaries because healthy boundaries is also a very big issue i will go back and hear about the guilt on the guilt concept you know we are feeling that okay and maybe especially moms when they feel that they say oh no, I need to spend time with my child. I need to be there. I need to help him study. I need to help them, you know. I need to take him to school. I need to hug them. I need to always be there. Always, always, always be there. Okay. Because if I take time for myself, if I exercise, if I go to the gym, if I go to the pool, or if I go out with my friends, you know, for a dinner or a drink or something, oh, that's too selfish. Mm-hmm. But what is it self? What is selfish? In that, in that situation, because here is a big discussion about what is selfish, what is selfless, and what is, what, is, what is really the guilt, how really the guilt, how we understand the concept of the guilt, so that we can self do our self-reflection on these and accept that we need to take care of ourselves first of all, and then why? Because we will have the time and the energy to invest in our loved ones. So this is this is a very important aspect, and this is where the healthy boundaries come in the game, because as you said before, when I need, when I know when to say yes, and when I know when to say no, then I can really have this this balance between my priorities, between my healthcare, between my personal care, between my growth, and then how I can really really give back, and how I can really be present for my children, how I can really be present when I need to be present with my husband, my wife, my loved ones, right? So yes, definitely about the, the, the aspect of what is selfish and what is selfless, and especially the aspect of the healthy boundaries is very, very, very important. And one more thing, if I can say, is that, you know, sometimes we all f- fall in the trap of perfect. Absolutely. So then we think that, wow, I need to do that perfectly. I need to design the perfect birthday party. I need to design the perfect uh, postcard. I need to to design the perfect experience for my guests or for my children, for my family, for my travel. Yeah, and my question to that is, how much can you control the chaos? Who can control chaos in life? No one. No one. Of course you try. Of course it's good that we try, right? But why should we get stressed and overwhelmed? out of this perfectionism need of ours. Why? We can still be very good. We can still be good enough. We don't need to be perfect. And I think this is something that is about self-acceptance and how we can realize how we can get the self-awareness around it in order to accept that it's okay to be good enough. And we don't need to be perfect because if we are perfect for ourselves and perfect for all the others, in the end, we'll get burnout, we'll get exhausted, we'll get mentally or emotionally sick. And then what? What do we do then? How can we give to our, how can we offer to our families? Absolutely. You know, on my desk at work, I have a post-it note that says, what are you trying to control that is uncontrollable? And there is so (laughs) much freedom 
and saying, it is not my job to control everything. I'm not capable of controlling everything. <laughs> to just let that go is such an amazing freedom. I was also thinking about as you were talking, one thing that we really struggled with was we're very, very fortunate that we have my husband and I have both sets of our parents living in the same city as us. And so we have grandparents really close. I think they both live within a mile of us. And we were struggling to ask them to watch our kids so that we could have dates. And at one point I said to my husband, I said, you know, our kids need to develop those relationships with their grandparents and by us trying to do it all and not taking this time for ourselves and our marriage, we're actually also keeping our keeping our kids from developing this relationship that we really want them to with their grandparents. And so one thing that I really have tried to think about is when I feel like maybe I am saying no to something or doing something that feels like selfish to me. I try to reframe it and sort of ask, you know, who am I giving an opportunity to that wouldn't have had one before? Or what kind of connections are getting to form because I'm I'm letting other people in. And so I thought that that was really, really important to me. So earlier you brought up this concept of delegations. Could you talk a little bit about delegation? Because, you know, when I think about the story with my grandparents, it's we were we're really struggling to delegate some of these responsibilities to our grandparents who are eager, right? Who are eager to spend time with our kids. And so mm-hmm. could you talk a little bit about how we can delegate in a way that is ethical and thoughtful and isn't selfish. Yeah. So, you know what, if I was coaching now, I would ask you, why would you struggle? What was the struggle inside you? I would say that one of the reasons that I struggled with that is because I feel like it is my responsibility. You know, a lot of times I feel like maybe I'm not stepping up to my responsibilities when I delegate to others. I'm also really conscious, especially in the workplace, I'm conscious when I delegate because of power relationships. So I'm Mm -hmm. into leadership roles now and I have to delegate a lot. Otherwise I can't do my job well, but I also recognize that there's a power relationship between me and the people I'm delegating to. And I want to be thoughtful about that. So I think that's how I would answer that question. Yeah. Yeah. I I understand you're coming from a Thank you for saying that. What about starting with small steps, starting with small tasks? So, for example, you don't have to go and delegate the full power to someone, or you don't have to go and leave your kids to your to your uh, parents, which is a blessing, by the way, to have the parents around. Right? We live in here in Qatar, and we don't have this luxury, unfortunately. You know, and also, as you said, the emotional connection, the connection between the kids and the grandpa, the grandparents is an amazing thing to build around that. Right? and to have this because this is what we would like to have also when we get older with our grandchild right about that so yeah so it's the same so by starting small steps with small tasks and delegating slowly slowly a little time here a little time there a small task here a small task there all of a sudden we start realizing ah wow that worked well that's yeah. going well I, I saved some time. I eliminated from me. You know, I delegated. So I eliminated. 
said, and now I can invest this time a little bit more. Maybe I want to write a book. Maybe I want to uh, go see my my friends, you know, for a coffee or whatever, you know, outside, which I haven't seen them for so many for so much time. And then I'm happy. I'm coming back home and I'm happy. And I go pick up my kids from the grandpas, the grandparents, and I'm happy to see them. I'm happy to spend time with them because I'm more energetic and I miss them. And I've missed them. I actually missed them, you know. So why not? Why not doing this, for example? Or you can you can it sometimes it's about the persons. So when you want to delegate, who do you delegate and what do you delegate? If you if you have a person which is close to you and you feel uh, trust and confidence and safety, you can delegate more things, more tasks, more responsibilities, right? More bigger things, more important things. It's again going back to the issue of important versus urgent, right? So it is how you control that. And then it depends, depends on how really control freak you are. <laughs> if, I, if I can say that. Some us are, and I am sometimes too. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So yeah, but then we need to work on that. We need to work around that, right? So these small steps, giving giving to the right people, to the delegation to the right persons, giving the right things to the right persons, and then getting the successful feedback and the successful result back, then we can do our self-reflection again and we can reevaluate and say, okay, how did this go? It worked well, I'm happy, it worked, everyone was happy. Okay, let's now expand. Let's now grow a little bit. Let's, let, let's, let's now delegate a bit more. And of course, everything is about communication in the end, isn't it? Because when you need to delegate, you need to communicate. It's not in the working environment, you know. It's not like, okay, take this uh, document, give me a report, send me a report back in 10 minutes. That's not a delegation. Right? Delegations, you stay, you explain, you get the you involve the other person in a growth, in a growth with a growth mindset and with a coaching actually mindset and training mindset in order to get to get the best version of themselves. Because if they get the best version of themselves out of this and they are happy, you as a leader and you as a manager of this group, you will get the credit in the end because you are the leader. In that, yeah. so how can you switch this mindset of power and control over recognition, acceptance, appreciation, growth? You know, with, among the team, among the team members. Yeah, that's so wise, and I love to think about delegation <clears throat> as an opportunity to say, how do I lead the people that I am delegating tasks to, so that this opportunity is an experience of growth for them. And mm -hmm. hopefully is also putting them in their po a position of power, right? Like that this is where they really thrive. So if you're delegating the right tasks, the right people, you're giving mm -hmm. them an opportunity to thrive. And so I really appreciate that. You know, this this conversation process has been just such a joy. You are full of all sorts of wisdom and care and really practical strategies as well. Mm -hmm. So if my listeners wanted to connect with you, how could they do that? I appreciate Daniel. I appreciate uh, your words. And uh, yes, they can uh, they can find me through my website, which is my name. It's a uh, .com. And if I could spell this out, it would be T A S O S K O T Z I A S dot com. Of course, I have my social media, my LinkedIn page, and I would be happy for your audience actually to offer a thirty minutes free consultation or call for any issue that they may be challenged with, if they're moms, for example, women executives, and they're challenged with any issue, we'll be happy to listen to them, sit down with them, go a bit deeper, understand how I can serve them and how I can offer them value. Absolutely. I will make sure that I put your links in my show notes. <clears throat> 
Thank you again. This really has been a joy. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm honored. Thank you. If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple Podcast. I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all, so pop onto Instagram and follow Plan Go Plan and digital message me. I want to say hello. I want to geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.